I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. I am talking with Anthony Esposo, the Kataru Prince. Please follow him on Instagram, Kataru Prince, or his YouTube channel, Kataru Prince. Now, Anthony, you have served our country. Then you did something that I found fascinating. You started to truly tap into your unique um, abilities to capture a perspective that people need to hear as you travel. What drew you to that space and what uh, started you down that journey to just sharing your experiences as you travel the world? Well, I started off like um, when I was about to join Air Force BMT, there was hardly any videos about, you know, how like processes there. There wasn't that much military YouTubers. Then when I was like into my first year of uh, in the military, I started seeing all these other YouTubers and then they started getting bigger uh, about military vlogging pretty much. I was going, I started seeing in the comment sections, they weren't touching off on coming back to their people. They weren't replying back to the uh, people like the subscribers. So I was going, maybe I should start that. I wanted to start small and just see where I went because my biggest goal was to help those people who weren't getting those an- questions answered. So that's why I did. I started engaging the subscribers and making sure that I got, I took a day or two within the week, even you know how much work I did in the military, take time to answer back to those people and just get their answers. Uh, I mean, questions answered. Yeah, nice, nice. So basically more of a passion project, just truly being helpful and sharing what you got to to see, learn and know with those who needed to know. Absolutely. It was like a more like a hobby and then in a way for me to like give back another way, you know, and to help promote the Air Force in a positive way, in my view. Wow. Wow. Did it ever get more, um, I guess, traction from your peers, from maybe your, your uh, chain of command? Did they see the value that you were adding and, and support it in any way? Or was it just something you did on the side? And they were like, well, it's not harmful. So continue. So definitely, I definitely started, uh, I was very careful. I did uh, some research, definitely looked at the social media aspect about in the regulations about like sharing your views and stuff like that and how uh, to introduce it to make sure that it was your opinion and what you were saying was in the Air Force's opinion, especially being on active duty. And then I definitely, uh, word got out, definitely my leadership started hearing about it. And then they definitely, that their biggest concern was they wanted me to just check out, you know, make sure that they were checking to see that was what I was talking about was on a good basis in good light of the air force and all that. But, you know, my direct leadership, uh, they were very supportive of it. They understood. And the biggest thing was, you know, when I was doing these videos is that I was just making sure that I was completing the air force mission, but that the videos I was producing, uh, put the air force in a good position point of view. And the most important thing was everything I was stating was all my opinion and my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And, and, you know, thank you for being a pioneer and being bold enough to do that. I know for many who are still on active duty, you know, that's such a tough place to be in because a part of, you know, signing up to serve is truly following those regulations and those rules. And one of the things that it doesn't fully allow is 
you know, a, a deepening of, of your opinion across every spectrum. So, you know, as I just went through your YouTube channel, you know, I was just fascinated by this journey that you went on because I know for the most part, it wasn't as um, community based where, you know, you have, you know, your buddies fully engaged with you as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just so interested in that journey. Now, when you made the decision to uh, transition from the Air Force, was that an easy decision or was it something that was very difficult for you to uh, come to? I think it was a good mixed feeling. Uh, sadly, it's like I was going to give it the choice. But the biggest thing is I learned from it is going from uh, something that you're so established for over the years. Everything is set out in a schedule vice and all that. You know what you're expected to do. You know where to be at that time. You know how to do this. And what was uh, there was so much to the Air Force that was un that was always planned out mm-hmm. that you never had to worry about what you're going to do next and all that then that big feeling of the unknown is pretty much what got to me and made me a little nervous and a lot of uh, just second guessing a little bit because it's going, what am I going to do now? I've had this life for the last over five years and I'm going to go into something new and that I'm not established. And just that unknown journey, just going, what am I going to do next is pretty much got what got to me. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I love about, YouTube and connecting with YouTubers and truly getting to learn about someone's perspective from, you know, multiple years as it changes over time is that you start to see the commonalities. You know, I live in Seattle. So when I saw your video in Seattle's a sugar tax, I was like, man, he must live right up the street for me because, because, you know, that's something that definitely affected us, you know, seeing the, the sugar tax. And I love your, your breakdown and explanation of it. What, uh, what types of content do you typically look at? Just things that, that kind of shake you, rub you the wrong way, or just things that you find interesting? How do you go about choosing what you're going to vlog about? Like I mean, when I started off, it was definitely those videos about the Air Force, uh, helping those who are trying to join and those who are currently active. Um, when I was going through the process of separating and seeing what the uh, difficulty was to go through the process and like so much questions that arise. And I looked at it up on YouTube. I go, wow, there's not a lot of videos. You know, Google did a little bit of it, but you know, I think videos are a little more descriptive compared to just reading like on like uh, instructions and stuff in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I definitely started doing that. So maybe I can use myself as a sample and just uh, show them what is the process from going from military to civilian like those things that people maybe don't answer always. And then those other videos that are just maybe once in a while random, it's definitely just things that I feel passionate about. Um, I'm not that black and white person, like who just sees the world in that view. I'm definitely someone who can see different perspectives and understand the uh, other side. You know, I'm not that one person, like my way or the highway pretty much. So I like making those videos that I can make start discussion that's very intelligent and like, you know, people can respect each other's opinions, but have a good debate about it and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I love that. And I think it's, it's one of the strengths of, you know, just getting to know your work from your channel. Again, I'm talking with Anthony Esposo. Please follow him on Instagram at the Kataru Prince and the same uh, channel name for his YouTube channel. Um, not only is it, does his content kind of showcase the world, but it showcases military service and also 
choosing to serve beyond the uniform at some point. And I think, you know, you showcase that uh, very, very intimately. Here's a question I love to ask veterans. One word answer. When I say veterans transition, what would you say? Hmm. I would say flexibility. Flexibility. You have to definitely be able to be flexible in everything you're doing because it's a, if you, it's so like such a, because each person's path is different and you might have one uh, mindset to go one way, but your mind might change. So you have to be flexible and whatever challenges that come your way, you have to be able to just adapt to it and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I, I love the, uh, the instincts that, you know, push us to understand that we're no longer following orders. And that where many people are like, man, I, I like life like that. Yeah, but did, did you ever experience what true order looks like? Because following orders is not a horrible thing when it works for you. Mm -hmm. You know, so I love that you talked about flexibility because things are a lot more flexible. Things are a lot more um, at times random. And without knowing it, it could trigger some anxiety for someone who understood the system that they belong to. Exactly. Yeah. Now, one of the videos that I enjoyed only because you were brave enough to, to have the conversation was does racism exist in the military? And I'd just love for you to take some time to uh, just share some of what you shared. Well, first of all, like, thank you for taking the time to watch that video. And again, I just want to high emphasize that, you know, those were my point of views. I wasn't in any way representing the Air Force. But it was pretty much, you know, when I look in the military, people get, especially in the civilian world, when I mean civilian world, like the regular, like everyday people and stuff like that who are not, you know, have connections to the military anyway, is like they get that perspective of the military being in a certain uh, I would say standing, like, you know, they view the military as virtue, honesty, integrity, and stuff like that, in my opinion, in my view. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, starting to show that the military has just the same problems in society that the, you know, normal civilian world has as well. So, you know, to be able to share this and just point out that sadly, you know, even though we're serving with each other, we're like brothers and sisters in arms and all that that there's those same problems and, you know, the military is not immune to the society problems and everything. It's just when they, these problems are introduced to the military, they're magnified tenfold because, you know, we, we look at the military as those defenders, you know, holding, you know, protecting our rights and freedoms pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you nailed something that I say very publicly, I'll share that whatever is going on in the macro the country is, as you mentioned, magnified as you shrink it. So if there's racism in our country and you shrink to our service member population, it's magnified. And I was in a special ops unit, Anthony. So when you shrink it to that level, it's magnified even more. I remember um, being out on patrol um, and, you know, I, and, and this was, you know, a, mi a mission-based time. So it was a very hard conversation to have. And a gentleman who's from another community, he said to me, you know, Bernard, I used to think all black people were stupid. And, you know, again, big room for pause, because while I 
was thankful for his honesty, it was a hard truth to hear. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think without the dialogue, though, you are responded to or treated a certain way and not and then you don't understand why. And I think by having these conversations, like you said, being open enough to have a debate, seeing a different point of view, you then get to a crossroads where you're like, wow, maybe I need to change or wow, maybe I need to stop associating myself with X, Y, Z. You know, and I think it's just important to just conversate and truly bring light to a lot of what goes unsaid. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Nice. Nice. Now, you are definitely a world traveler. What would you say some of your favorite destinations have been and why? Some uh, favorite destinations of, I was stationed in Germany. So pretty much it was that all my traveling was there in Europe, I believe. Some of them, my favorite ones are Croatia. I call it like the hidden gem of Europe. It's not a big uh, tourist known country yet, but it's such a beautiful place. So it's been, it still hasn't been touched by that you know, overwhelming tourist hands, in my opinion, and all that. And definitely, uh, I would say another one would be Ireland, mm -hmm. uh, especially Dub Dublin. Uh, just going to the cliffs and everything, getting away from the main city, taking the time to go out. Uh, the nature was beautiful there. So it's the end of that. It's real hard just to pick about Europe because each of it has such a different aspect, a different culture. And just being able to immerse myself in those different countries has just really, really raised my awareness around the world and stuff about that. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask this. Would living overseas be something that you're attracted to more now because of your travel experience and just experiencing the rich cultures that you have? Absolutely. Uh, when I was growing up, before I joined the military, I lived a very sheltered life. You know, my parents uh, took care of everything for me. Uh, just going during the military and being able to live overseas it just helped me become a more independent person. And like I said, and highly emphasize is able to immerse myself in a different culture, see different people, different perspectives, see how they view us as well as Americans and just being able to see how countries, you know, conduct itself in a different way and just see the beauty, like, you know, the greatness about each different culture I was able to pass by and stuff and people. Okay. Okay. And what was the draw to the military then? I just driving the military, you know, I finished, it's a lot, like I actually made a video about it. It's my Air Force story, but pretty much is when I was growing up, um, I always looked at myself and felt lucky to be able to kind of become a U.S. citizen. Um, my parents hit some rough times, so, you know, we got help from the government and all that. And then same, you know, I always looked at when I wanted to go to school for college, I wanted to, you know, the, uh, the government helped me. So I looked at it and I was in that crossroad. I just finished my associate degree. I didn't know if I wanted to do any more school. So I was just looking at that point, like this, uh, the, the government of the United States has given me so much. Mm. So how can I give back? I didn't want to just, you know, volunteer in the community. I didn't want to just, you know, go, you know, do charity stuff like that, that I wanted to make a big impact. And what we say in the United States military, sometimes you write a blank check and sometimes you have to cash that. Sadly. Mm. And I saw that that was the best way I could get back to the country that has given me so much, my point of view. I love that. I love that. Now, you, you, are, you, are you from the greater Seattle area then, or did you just settle here just because of your travels? Well, no, I'm a Washingtonian. I uh, lived here before I joined the military, 21 years uh, around the Everett Linwood area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Very cool. Very cool. So, so then do you get to ever attend some of, you know, the comic cons or, um, you know, the packs when, when you have a chance? Not before I joined the military. Like I said, uh, joining it has opened a lot of my mind uh, to go travel and just to network more and more people. So definitely getting out now, you know, doing some school events right now, but definitely going to hit up all those things you pretty much said now. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So when, when you talk to young people or you talk to people looking to serve as well, what are some of the conversations do you have? Do you, do you ask questions or do you just kind of green light their path and say, Hey, go try it. Um, what, what do you usually, um, share? I definitely listen to what they say. Uh, that's for my point and just to understand what they're trying to get. And, you know, each person is going to come with a different reason. And after that, you know, I tell my experiences, the good and the bad, the positive negatives. And just truthfully, I, I share, you know, things that people might not hear that your recruiter might not say when you go visit because the recruiter is there to sell and market the military of what mm-hmm. brands you're enjoying. They're yeah. trying to get you in because you're, you know, that's their goal. Uh, my point is like, you know, I tell them some stuff that I've experienced that they might not hear as much from other uh, resources that they research through. And that's my biggest point of view. And why I hold to is to try share something, the underlying things that may, many people don't hear about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We're going to pivot just a second. You have this great quote on your Instagram that says, God has a plan for everyone and everything. You just have to be patient and wait for things to fall in place. Do you, do you feel that's been your life's journey? Yes, but I wouldn't say I realized it right away when definitely when I was hitting some rough patches through uh, the military, I definitely had that, you know, when I thought wouldn't make rank the first time and stuff like that promotion wise it definitely hit me and then when i did make it i was going this is the plan god has for me uh, whatever happens in life you know you do have a little control over it but my point of view is like you know a lot of it comes down to what god has in plan for you so that's why i said i started accepting it like uh just enjoy what you're having in life do the best you can what's under your control and the rest you just leave it to and let it just go with it yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, you know, you just took the time to share as well that at times you might not fully understand what, you know, what that, that patience is going to reveal, what that process is going to uh, showcase as your new options. But I think at times we're we're blessed in ways where we thought it was a dead end or a closed door. And I think, you know, just our listeners hearing that from you, just hearing a different perspective, you know, it will help them to find that maybe they have to pivot. Maybe they do have to transition from military service a lot sooner than they thought they needed to. But ultimately, it's going to work out as they reposition themselves for what's next. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Now, I want you to just take some time to share with those interested in uh, YouTube or, you know, whatever other video vlogging platform they choose, what it's like to start that journey and be consistent in creating and releasing content that attracts people to share their opinions and, and keep, uh, keeps that channel going. Cause I think so many people think it's a lot harder than it is, but I think also so many people think it's a lot easier than it is. 
I think you hit on a good couple of points. Uh, the first thing when you're starting with YouTube is, and I'm still trying to come to grips with it, even though I've been doing it for a little over two years now, is just coming to grips that the numbers shouldn't affect what you want to do. Um, if you have a reason why you're doing the video videos, keep that as your main reason why you're doing them and like your passion to continue to make them. Because if you start looking at the numbers and they're not as growing and like the view counts or minute counts and all that, then soon start affecting like your mindset of how you like, you know, present these videos and stuff because you're so worried about getting numbers. Like, are you going to start sacrificing the content, what you're going to do? Like, are you just going to try to get viewership numbers and stuff like that? It's definitely one of the biggest things and what you hit on about consistency. Yeah. And what I've heard someone say simply put is treat YouTube as a second job. If you treat, treat it like, you know, if you put like treat it as almost like a second job, you can put more time into it, more passion, and you're going to set yourself up with a, a schedule and you're going to hold yourself to that. If you treat it like something that's very important to you, that it's going to reflect in your work and all that. Nice. Nice. Again, I am talking with Anthony Esposo. Follow him on Instagram, The Kataro Prince, and please subscribe to his YouTube channel. What would you say are some of your big goals um, personally and then for growing your online presence to include your YouTube channel for this year? I definitely, for my uh, goals, is continue to network. Uh, I would love to uh, do visit, meet more YouTubers in the Seattle area, Washington overall, do collaborations and all that. Just grow that network and that YouTube uh, connections. Definitely vid get maybe invited to these uh, co uh, video cons and stuff about, you know, where other YouTubers come and stuff like that. Uh, definitely with my channels to, cons uh, my goals with my channel is to consistently stay, like you said, to schedule um, two videos a week, something like that is my goals. And just to continue, like right now, I'm still in the flux talking about, you know, joining the military is my main focus in the mil videos, but then the active duty portion and separation, I definitely want to start making maybe short films or something like that in my channels. Uh, it's something I've always goal. One my goal for my videos for my YouTube channel is definitely see something like that. Wow. 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 And and then let me ask this. Do you then love film or love the medium? And that's what attracted you to it? Or more was it you just saw the gap, what was missing, and you knew that your perspective could help fill that space? Definitely the first portion was the gap. Uh, definitely seeing those uh, people getting their questions not answered. I was like, let me just you know reach out and see. I know it's a very far-fetched idea a little bit. Because when you get bigger with YouTube and all that, you just don't have the time to constantly reply to all the people. And I understand that. So it's no knock against the big military YouTubers. I understand that. And the second portion is definitely, I would say is a mix of the film part portion. It's that interesting aspect of being just creative and trying to share idea through there, sir. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Now, if anyone scrolls through your Instagram, and one of the things I like doing is I like going back to the first ever post that's still up there and, and then coming current, you are definitely a foodie. Are you also a cook as well or just more of a foodie? I would lean more to a foodie. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Any favorites? Any favorite um, countries to eat in? Any favorite dishes? that you fully enjoy no matter where you're traveling to? I, I do definitely enjoy, you know, Asian food overall, definitely Filipino, Korean, uh, Vietnamese, 
but I think just being open to trying new foods, like I've always come under that mindset of I definitely want to try something before I actually uh, like write it off. That's my biggest perspective. Just try it before at least one time. Wow. 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 Where would you say has been the most exotic place you visited and what was the most exotic foods that you've sampled? Oh, that's a hard one because you have such a, like a Western Western culture style. Yeah. Most exotic place I would definitely say would be like Croatia and out there because it was like still, like I said, very untouched by tourism. So I was able to visit their waterfalls and all that uh, to see their nature and stuff like that, their islands. But I think the most out there like would be maybe snails in Paris. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I, I don't think I've tried snails. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Not bad at all. I would recommend it at least one time. Okay, okay. Man, <laughs> I'm visualizing it. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm brave, but I don't know if I'm that brave. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. What? A two-part question. Do you still keep in contact with many of your, you know, airmen buddies or was it more of a clean break as you just reposition for what's next? I think that's one of the biggest thing I miss about the military is that uh, connection with uh, how close I was with them. I definitely keep in touch with friends uh, or like you said, airmen buddies, and I definitely still keep in touch with mentors and stuff. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Any tips for continuing mentorship relationships or contacts, even though, you know, it's, like, I think it's one of the hardest things to explain how different it is when you are outside of the uniform, mm-hmm. how, how divergent your life's path is with people you used to see every day mm-hmm. and, and be around uh, 10 or more hours every single day. Mm-hmm. Any tips for people going through that or transitioning or, or finding themselves, you know, just dealing with that sense of loss as they continue life beyond the uniform? I just think you have to remember that, you know, you understand the schedule they've been on to. You have to understand that they're all across the world, you know, world. They might be on deployments or something like that. You just have to understand that their schedule is not going to match up with yours always. So, you know, you just have to continue making that good connection with them. Be patient. is definitely a big one too. And just be genuine like that. Make that connection, you know, when it's their birthday, say hello, you know, greet them, maybe take the time to call, you know, when you actually say hello and ask how they're doing, mean it by just, you know, either, you know, asking what they're up to, like how's, you know, life been like that stuff before, you know, you ask like, you know, questions like you need help or guidance. And I think that's the biggest one is being genuine and understanding that, um, like their schedule is going to be completely different from yours now. Right, right, right. All right. As we prepare to wrap up, you know, I, I want I wanted to just ask you to share, you know, just some of your thoughts. Like you, like what what I like about your military focused YouTube channel was that you did dive deep in answering questions and sharing opinions. And one of the things I think was refreshing was your perspective on, you know, Veterans Day and some of the veterans they benefits like like free meals and things of that nature do you think we need more of that more of celebrating the sacrifice that the men and women who served made or do you think that as things continue to change and shift we're getting to a place where it's not so much needed 
that's a good one way said you what you just said is it's a hard one for me to say because at my point when i joined the military you know it was definitely not about the benefits you know i understood we got benefits for school healthcare, and all that and then you know the extra benefits and stuff and i think I will never knock anyone who like veteran wise who tries to go for it because like, you know, what people try reemphasize is they definitely, you did something that only 1% of the U S population will do. And you're not asking for these benefits, you know, these companies or organizations or people are giving out these, you know, freebies, I would say at times is they're giving it, you know, and you're not, you're not asking for your, you take, you know, you accept them and you're happy about them. Absolutely. But in the end of the day, it's not something that you're looking for. That's not the reason why you join. And I think that's a majority of military members, in my opinion. Yeah. I love that. And I love how clear you made that because you're absolutely right. We, we, we can't sign up knowing that we will leave the military in good health, mental and physical mm-hmm. and able to take advantage of what's offered because we, all have served with people who have left to a deeper struggle, or like you said, they pay that ultimate price. But I think, you know, it's this happy medium of honoring and also not for, for the veteran population, not being annoying with our acceptance of that honor, because it could be at times a little bit skewed towards arrogance versus just the true humility of having like you said, having been a part of that um, 1% who was able and privileged to serve. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Now I want you to take some time to tell everyone how to find you online and how to subscribe to your YouTube channel and uh, follow you on Instagram. And then please close us out with some travel tips for Europe. All right. So the way you simply put, uh, Bernard has emphasized it, uh, Kotaro Prince, K-O-T-A-R-O, and then the word Prince. And then that's for both my YouTube channel and Instagram. Also has Snapchat if you wanted as well. And then some travel tips about Europe is number one is just travel light. Uh, don't, uh, you don't need to over travel. Uh, you don't need, don't need to pack a hundred bags, just travel light. And then number two is get off the unbeaten path. Don't follow the main tourist attractions. Definitely when you go eat out, get off that main tourist attractions and stuff. And number three is visit those big sites. Absolutely. Like, you know, for example, Paris and stuff, go to those big, uh, like the Eiffel tower and stuff like that, or London, big Ben and stuff, but definitely also go visit the outside, like go away from the city because they have just great uh, monuments as well and stuff. And number four is don't be afraid to travel alone. I think people get to that perspective that, you know, they have to wait for someone to travel and then that's what's going to happen. You're just going to keep waiting for someone to travel. Uh, traveling alone by yourself is actually one of the biggest experiences I think you can do because you grow as a person, you don't rely on anyone and biggest you know, benefit is you're on your own schedule. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Man, Anthony, this was an amazing interview. Thank you. You know, just for taking the time to share your perspective and your point of view with listeners, you know, if there's anything else you'd love to share, you know, here's the time. Uh, just bit, definitely. Thank you for uh, letting me be on your podcast. Definitely enjoyed it. I'm glad that you're doing these, these kind of videos. I looked at your own Instagram and your own like website and stuff and just continue to do what you're doing. It's such amazing thing, sir. And I hope, you know, you welcome me back again next time. Maybe I can add a different perspective, but I enjoyed this. 
All right. Thanks, Anthony, and enjoy the rest of your Saturday. You as well. Thank you.